Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. Okay, it's come up once again. Um, this is one of those things that um, from time to time it's brought up and it, and it kind of brings up a few um, subcategories of things like uh, philosophy and so forth. It's probably not a big deal to you, but it comes up fairly often for me, so I figured I'd share it with you. I had an Aquarius ask me, or maybe it's even a lecture me, actually, about why I don't offer, endorse, or extol the virtues of uh, this stuff called rooibos tea or the so-called blackwater extracts that are on the, the market. And, of course, I had to address the issue without sounding too self-serving or even defensive of my viewpoint on not using these things in my personal practice. And coming from a place of honesty, it was pretty easy, but... Of course, I could tell that after the t- first two minutes of DM with this guy, that part of his goal was to elicit some sort of soundbite from me trashing you know, these things and being sort of self-promotional and defensive, extolling botanicals over anything else to achieve black water solely because I sell them and have built a business around them. You know, me trashing any idea that didn't involve buying stuff from my company, the kind of juicy expose that... Uh, you know, or aquarium industry conspiracy stuff that some self-proclaimed hobby activists love to expose, you know? Yeah, I smelled this pretty fast. And you know what? I told him pretty much my whole reasoning without the histrionics or the -the over-the-top rhetoric because it's what I believe. I've talked about this kind of stuff before. Let's revisit it again because I think it it touches on a deeper thing uh, beyond just not using a particular product or, 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 or material in my aquariums. It's about ideas and philosophies. So if you haven't heard of this stuff before, there's this uh, stuff called rooibos tea, which in addition to being kind of tasty, actually, it's been a favored, I don't know, tint hack of many hobbyists for years. Without getting into all the boring details about it, rooibos tea, and you can Google it, it's derived from the Aspalathus linearis plant known as redbush in South Africa and other parts of the world. It's been used by fish people for a long time as a sort of instant black water extract. And, you know, it does have a lot going for it, you know, for this purpose, I suppose. Uh, Rooibos tea doesn't contain caffeine and it has low levels of tannin compared to black or green tea. Uh, And like catapoles or other botanicals, it contains polyphenols like flavones, flavanols, aspalathin, etc. All those fancy, you know, I call them cocktail party words that we like to toss around. Now... To use it, hobbyists will simply steep it in their aquariums and get the color that they want and impart some of these substances into their tank water. I mean, it's an easy thing to do. I, I can't knock that, right? Of course, like anything else you add to your aquarium, it's never a bad idea to know the impact of what you're adding. Like using botanicals, utilizing tea bags in your aquarium requires some thinking, that's all. Now, lest you accuse me of some hypocrisy about this, let me go into this in more detail. I admit I'm biased towards my personal approach and philosophies, but I'm open-minded enough to at least understand the appeal of these things to many hobbyists. Less, uh, now, the thing I personally dislike about utilizing uh, tea or so-called blackwater extracts are that you simply are going for an effect without getting to embrace the functional aesthetics imparted by adding leaves, seed pods, etc. to your aquarium 
as part of its physical structure, and there's no real way to determine how much you need to add to achieve you know, whatever result. And sure, as I've said 18,000 times before, using botanicals in an aquarium isn't exactly a precise science either. However, utilizing botanicals in the aquarium forms part of an approach, a philosophy, and more of a methodology, really. Adding tea or an additive is, well, just sort of that, adding something. Now, you might disagree, of course, so here's my thinking on this. It starts with my overriding philosophy behind the botanical-style blackwater aquarium. I mean, the very term botanical-style should be a tip-off, right? Not the rooibos tea-style aquarium, right? So, yeah. Now, a lot of hobbyists are curious about the use of commercial blackwater extracts and rooibos tea for those purposes, and if we and you know, at Tannin ever plan on carrying them. And the short answer is we don't, and we won't. Why? It's not because these aren't cool or they don't accomplish, you know, or because they do accomplish the same things as leaves do, you know, or they don't work or whatever. No, no, no. It's because I feel that they are shortcuts, which hobbyists tend to use in place of a system, an approach, a methodology or to accomplish the same thing on a continuous basis. Read that sentence like two or three times. And if you look at my blog, just chew on that for a bit. As you know, I tend to look at hacks or whatever you want to call them when used in place of procedures as a band-aid of sort, something used to quickly provide some desired result without a long-term approach to managing your aquarium. Ah, come on, Scott, you just brew another cup of tea, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just sort of hardwired to hate most hobby shortcuts, I guess, particularly when they're proffered as a way around some more methodical long-term approach. Now, as a longtime reef aquarist, I'll tell you that there is absolutely is a value to use uh, to the use of appropriate additives and such, which, when used in conjunction with an integrated approach, can you know give consistent long-term results. And sure, in the future, we may offer products which are intended to integrate with our approach and help facilitate these results. Key word here being integrate, not substitute. I'm of the opinion that you can't just add a drop of this or a pinch of that to create an optimum environmental condition for your aquarium fishes and just call it a day. And with tea or extracts, you sort of miss out on replicating a little slice of nature in your aquarium. And of course, it's fine if your goal is to just color the water, I suppose. And I understand that some people like fish breeders who need bare bottom tanks or whatever like to condition water without all the leaves and twigs and nuts and stuff that we love. I get that. On the other hand, if you're trying to replicate the look and function of a wild habitat, you won't achieve it by utilizing a bag of tea. It's simply a shortcut. And look, I understand that we're all about looking for occasional shortcuts and easier ways to do stuff. And I realize that none of what I proffer here at Tannin is an absolute science. It's an art at this point. There's no current way available in the hobby to test for X types or amounts of tannins, of which there are hundreds, in the aquarium. I have not found a study thus far that analyzed wild habitats, say Amazonia or Borneo or whatever, for tannin concentrations and specific types, so we have no real model to go on. You know, a way to achieve plug-and-play results by just following some simple procedure or dosing regimen. The best we can do is create a reasonable facsimile of nature. And we have to understand that there are limitations to the impacts of botanicals, tea, wood, etc. on water chemistry. We kind of know this, but adding liter upon liter of extract to your aquarium will have a minimal pH impact if your water is super hard. When you're serious about trying to create more natural black water conditions, you really need an RODI unit to achieve base water with no carbonate hardness that's more malleable to environmental manipulation. Tea, you know, twigs, leaves, botanicals, whatever, none of those will do much unless you understand that. So again, if you're it's about integrating with a methodology or a system, not circumventing it. 
It's different than, say, using an RO unit to pre-treat your tap water to obtain optimum base water conditions, which you can modify with natural materials and such. That's an example of a vehicle to help us create the environment we seek on a consistent basis, integrated into a more broad approach, not a shortcut or a fix that overlooks the big picture. That being said, I think that our entire botanical-style aquarium approach needs to be viewed as just that, an approach, a way to use a set of materials, techniques, and concepts to, to achieve desired results consistently over time a way that tends to eschew short-term fixes in favor of long-term technique. Not the best way, just a way. The aquarium hobbies always sort of embrace practices which have evolved to fit the times. You know, in recent years, some of these evolutions have come in the form of shortcuts. Some have been a result of actively solving long-term pain points, like digital water testing equipment instead of liquid reagents. Others have been more gimmicky or intended to accommodate the cultural perception that everyone is too busy to do whatever these days. I hate that particular justification for stuff in the hobby. When we're dealing with animals and closed biological systems, it's not about a way to prepare dinner or home delivery of groceries or whatever. It's a hobby. And part of the hobby is nuancing and longer-term nurturing of aquariums. You know, hobby practice. And most endeavors involve keeping and breeding living creatures. They, they tend to favor approaches over hacks. In my opinion, this type of short-term instant result mindset has made the reef aquarium hobby, where I come from, of late, more about adding that extra piece of gear or specialized chemical additive as a means to get some quick short-term result that you read about online than it is to, you know, to take an approach that embraces learning about the entire ecosystem we're trying to rec- you know, recreate in our tanks or facilitating longer-term success. And that's not a good trend in my opinion. So, once again, the problem with rooibos or black water extracts, as I see it, is that they encourage a sort of, hey, my water's getting more clear, time to add another tea, you know, bag of tea or a teaspoon of extract mindset, instead of fostering a mindset that looks at what is the best way to achieve and maintain the desired results naturally on a continuous basis. Not learning or understanding the underlying function rather than favoring a recipe approach to the hobby. A sort of symbolic manifestation of, encourage, uh, you know, of encouraging a short-term fix to a long-term concern. Again, there's no right or wrong in this context. It's just that we need to ask ourselves why we're utilizing these products and to ask ourselves how they fit into the big picture of what we're trying to accomplish. You know, I personally find these types of shortcuts concerning because they overlook technique and understanding in favor of easy fixes. Now, we shouldn't fool ourselves into believing that you simply add a drop of something or even throw in some alder cones or catapa leaves or bark or whatever into our tanks and that this will solve all of our problems. Are we fixated on just aesthetics or are we considering the long-term impacts on our closed system environments? Remember, when we talk about utilizing botanicals in our aquariums, we're considering the potential to foster food webs and other long-term environmental effects in our aquarium. So sure, I can feel the cynicism towards my mindset here. I understand that. We spend an inordinate amount of time looking at nature as inspiration for our aquariums, not just for the aesthetics, but for the function as well. And again, this is something that may not appeal to everyone. I mean, in the interest of facilitating function, we embrace some aesthetics besides just tinted water, which are not only unconventional to many hobbyists, they're downright contrarian, really you know, detritus, uh, sediment, uh, biofilms, etc. Even the tint that I, that we, love so much is not everybody's idea of beautiful, right? Yeah, one of the things I read about from time to time in various hobby social media discussions on aquascaping is the extreme dislike many people have for the tint that wood imparts into the water. In fact, some of the posts we see on social media or aquascaping plant forums are literally pleas for help. Stuff like, when will this brown tint go away? Frantic requests for some solution to the brown water because they want that crystal clear, quote, nature aquarium, unquote. Look, I see that kind of stuff and jerk that I am, I kind of laugh. And it is pretty mean of me, I know. 
sure, I really do get it, though. Not everyone appreciates likes or even have the remotest interest in this earthy brown water that we obsess over around here. Yet, it was these unfortunate souls who made me realize the fastest, easiest way to jumpstart the tinted look in your tank is to simply put partially cured driftwood in them. That's the closest thing to a hack or shortcut that I tend to proffer these days. <laughs> of course, there is the strange dichotomy that exists. In stark contrast to the desperate pleas you know, of these hapless nature aquarium enthusiasts about when their damn piece of driftwood is going to stop leaching, I literally get emails and DMs from hobbyists who are bummed out because they can't get their tanks dark enough. That's how far we've come. If I wasn't before, I'm pretty convinced now that we as a hobby are, well, weird, and that's okay. However, if we look at the use of extracts and additives and additional botanicals for that matter as part of a holistic approach to achieving a continuous and consistent environmental results in our aquarium, that's a different story altogether. It makes a lot more sense to learn about how natural materials influence the wild blackwater habitats of the world and how, you know, to understand that they're being replenished on a more or less continuous basis that, you know, then considering how best to replicate this in our aquariums consistently and safely. Again, lest you think I'm talking about this mindset to sell more of my stuff instead of seeing hobbyists buy tea or tonics, let me set you straight one more time. Remember, botanical materials not only add the tannins of humic substances and valuable organic compounds, they create a structural part of the habitat, a place for fishes to hide, to spawn, to forage. And they encourage the growth of beneficial biofilms, fungal growths, and crustaceans, just like they do in nature. Potential supplemental food sources, etc., etc. And yeah, they look interesting too. That whole functional aesthetics idea again. Yeah, I'm selling a philosophy, a mindset, an approach. And I just don't think that a tea bag or an elixir can do that on its own. Thoughtful application of technique over time, careful observation, study of natural habitats, and a more comprehensive long-term approach just might at the very least, continuing our practice of adding natural botanical materials in their intact form in our aquariums creates many potential opportunities for unlocks in the hobby. That's pretty damn exciting to me. Stay thoughtful, stay curious, stay attentive, stay open-minded, stay patient, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenant.